Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Allura has been recast. Psy comes to National City. And we recap Supergirl at San Diego Comic-Con. This is Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to go through all of the news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con and everything we know about Season 3 so far. Joining us to dig into all of this is Dave Jones from DC on DC Podcast. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, Dave. Thank you so much. It's a huge honor to be here. Absolutely. 100% truth. We appreciate you uh, saying that, and we're so glad to have you. And uh, we're going to make sure we get through all of this news. And thank you for helping us do that. Yes, yes, yes. Before we get to the San Diego Comic-Con stuff, let's get to the news. All right, so before we get into San Diego Comic-Con and everything that happened there, let's run down what we already knew about Season 3 and <laughs> didn't have a chance to podcast about yet because we were saving all of our news for Season 3 for this episode. <laughs> so uh, Supergirl Season 3 will be premiering on Monday, October 9th at 8, 7 Central. The CW has released a description for Supergirl Season 3 that reads... Quote, Supergirl is an action-adventure drama based on the DC character Kara Zor-El, Superman's cousin who, after 12 years of keeping her powers a secret on Earth, decides to finally embrace her superhuman abilities and be the hero she was always meant to be. 12-year-old Kara escaped the doomed planet Krypton with her parents' help at the same time as the infant Kal-El. Protected and raised on Earth by her foster family, the Danvers, Kara grew up in the shadow of her foster sister, Alex, and learned to conceal the phenomenal power she shares with her famous cousin in order to keep her identity a secret. Years later, Kara was living in National City and still concealing her powers when a plane crash threatened Alex's life and Kara took to the sky to save her. Now Kara balances her work as a reporter for Catco Worldwide Media with work for the Department of Extra Normal Operations, a super-secret government organization whose mission is to keep National City and the Earth safe from sinister threats. At the DEO, Kara works for Jean Jones, the Martian Manhunter, and alongside her sister Alex and best friend, when shot. Also in Kara's life are media mogul Cat Grant, James Olson, a photojournalist who moonlights as Guardian, a masked vigilante, Lena Luther, and Monel of Daxum, whose planet was ravaged by Krypton's destruction. As Kara struggles to navigate her relationships and her burgeoning life as a reporter, her heart soars as she takes to the skies as Supergirl to fight crime, unquote. So I know that's a long description, basically Ooh. recapping <laughs> the entirety of the show. Um, but I did want to read that just so that we had the official documentation there. And I did think it was interesting that um, they, they mentioned James Olsen, a photojournalist. 
whom yeah. moonlights as guardian. So that seems to be a new development. Yeah, I know. I think we'll get to that. But that was something where I got, I actually, I managed to sneak into the Supergirl panel. Uh, and I was, I was doing the live tweets from the Supergirl radio account, which by the way, if you've ever tried to live tweet a panel, uh, it's, it's exhausting. I got out. I was like, I needed to like take a nap and like, just, I felt like I had run a marathon, yeah. uh, especially cause everybody, it was, it was so nice. Everybody was like, you know, retweeting and, and, and responding to us. Um, but it was like, I would look at my notifications and it would be like plus 20 and I'd be like, Oh God, <laughs> what does anyone say? Trying to like zoom the, like the camera on my phone to take a picture. Everybody looked like a ghost in it. <laughs> cause the flash is all blur- like birds out well we certainly appreciate you live tweeting uh and I, I know i've done that before and it is actually pretty difficult so i i applaud what, what you did uh that day um so the season three description had some notable name and position changes and now we have confirmation on those changes according to deadline.com ali adler co-creator executive producer and co-showrunner of supergirl is heading to cbs t- tv studios where she's signed an overall deal she'll be developing new projects for CBS studios and will also consult on the new CW drama series Dynasty, a reboot of the hit primetime soap. While she is leaving Supergirl full-time, Adler will remain involved in the show as an executive consultant. Yeah, I was a little disappointed to see this because, you know, Allie Adler has been with the show since the beginning and uh, she was very prominent in promoting the show and and speaking out about the show. And uh, so I'm sad to see her go full time. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad to know that at least she will be involved with Supergirl in, in some capacity. So uh, that's good to hear. And, and congrats on the, the Dynasty reboot. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. We'll have to look out for more things that she's doing uh, over there with Dynasty. Uh, well, in related news, Jessica Queller and Robert Rovner, or Rovner, I'm not really sure how to pronounce his name, but we'll go with Rovner, I guess, at, the, at this time, have been promoted to Supergirl co-showrunners alongside co-creator Andrew Kreisberg. Both Queller and Rovner joined Supergirl midway through the first season as co-executive producer and consulting producer, respectively. Rovner was elevated to executive producer at the beginning of season two. Queller is now also being promoted to executive producer, joining fellow exec producers Kreisberg, Greg Berlanti, Rovner, and Sarah Schechter. So so we've got some new showrunners on the show, and they have uh, been writing for the show. So I've I've seen their names pop up uh, with some episodes. So it's uh, congratulations to them that they've gotten this promotion, and we'll get to hear more from them. Yeah, and I'm familiar with Jessica Queller from uh, the good old days of Gossip Girl. So... Uh, I think that means that the Supergirl needs to have more parties where, like, people, like, fight and, like, like pull off each other's headbands and throw each other into fountains. That seems right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm into that. Let's, let's do it. Like, I, was, I think I was that's a, great. Rebecca is going to be full behind me on this one, I think. Yeah, I mean, I do have some uh, cred with soap operas, so uh, that's, that's kind of my bread and butter. So I'm, I'm all for that. But, yeah, more, more cat fights, more hair pulling. I'm into that. <laughs> Um, EW has reported that Floriana Lima is returning to Supergirl in season three, but not as a series regular. Um, according to a statement from executive producer Andrew Kreisberg, Lima's role has been reduced because she's looking to pursue other opportunities. While we know she'll be back for multiple episodes, the exact number remains a mystery. So Dave, uh, I'm curious, uh, what do you think about this with uh, Maggie Sawyer maybe not 
being around as much. What are your thoughts on that? I'm kind of sad about it. I thought the kind of having the boots on the ground character um, outside of the DEO is kind of a cool thing um, to have that street level crime that, uh, you know, Kara's and the DEO always fighting um, like alien invasions and whatnot. And, um, you know, having, having just the street level cred there with Maggie Sawyer, I think is a different aspect of the show that could have gone a number of ways. And, uh, I actually enjoyed the episode. The title is escaping me at the moment, but, uh, it was where, uh, her and Carl were looking for Alex when she got abducted. Called Alex. Yeah. yeah okay. It was. <laughs> All right. And I don't still have that on my DVR or anything. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the whole thing with the interrogation rooms and, and, and all of that stuff, I'm a big fan of like police shows. Um, well, some of them. And, uh, I feel like, uh, Maggie was a cool character in that way. And, and not to mention, you know, her just being part of the inner circle was always fun to have, you know, because there was always a little bit of tension. Uh, you know, I know they worked it out in the end, but her and Kara, and there was some tension there and and all that kind of stuff. But she she brought a really cool aspect, and I thought the actress did an amazing job. So sad to see that, but you know, she may pop up on something else and uh, something else we might be watching soon. So who knows? That's true. Uh, Morgan, do you have any thoughts about a Floriana Lima uh, kind of? only being around for multiple episodes. It makes me really sad. I loved Maggie Sawyer. I thought she was a great character. Uh, like like Dave was saying, I, I like that she had a more street-level view of um, of what was going on in the universe because I, I do feel like sometimes they get into, you know, fighting all these aliens and, like, we don't know what's going on on the streets. Like, we don't know what's going on with Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Maggie does, though. Maggie knows. But right. <laughs> how, like, ugh, I, I, I'm, I'm also, obviously, I'm really sad about Sanders because I thought that they were such a good relationship in the second season. And they ended them with a proposal, which makes me confused about how they're going to, like, proceed with them in season three. Like, are they... Is is Maggie just going to go off somewhere and they're going to break up? Is Maggie just going to be like really busy all the time? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, oh, Maggie's just like planning the wedding. I mean, I thought the same thing. But then, um, you know, I started thinking, you know, they did. There is that part of the backstory of that character that left the other woman um, that they talked about last season, you know, when things were getting serious. So. You know, I'm not saying that's the route they'll go, but, um, you know, that's that seed was planted um, back in uh, season two. So, yeah, there's there's two possibilities. There is the pop. I mean, because I mean, there's a yes or no question involved in that proposal. It's either right. uh, you say yes and we get married or you say no and we split up. Uh, so I I don't know what they'll do. But, yeah, it, it, it does. Uh, beg the question of what what Maggie's answer is to uh, to all of that, and I yeah I'm I'm like uh, you guys I I kind of like the idea of Maggie Sawyer being that person who 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 gets information from Brian and deals with Guardian uh, that that would be uh, something I would miss in season three, but you know I, I I think it's awesome if she's looking around for other opportunities and and things uh, for herself I you know go for it. Uh, we'll, we'll miss her on Supergirl, but if she does show up in something else that we're watching, you know, uh, that's great. That's great, too. I know on the panel they said that they have, like, a very 
a, like a, a very good story to tell with Samvers and that like they were they were you know that they were dedicated to them forever but I was like forever ever <laughs> like what what's your definition of forever supergirl panel like I want more details but yeah I'm I'm interested to see what's going to go with on, on with that yeah I mean she can always come back I mean we've even had Cat Grant come back a couple episodes and 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 feel like she never left so I mean it's it's always possible so we'll have to see what they do with Maggie in season three um in addition to uh that character news uh Supergirl has cast Odette Annabel uh as the season three big bad and DC Comics character Rain Andrew Kreisberg showrunner and executive producer said quote Greg Berlanti and I have worked wanted to work with Odette for years we are beyond excited to have her join our cast in the scary powerful and heartbreaking role of Rain unquote uh, Odette Annabel will be joining the cast as a series regular for season three. So, uh, Dave, what do you think about this news? Uh, do you know much about Rain from the comics? Uh, very little. I've I kind of uh, had jumped off comics at that point uh, as far as collecting um, the single issues. But uh, you know what I what I do know about her is uh, it's a pretty dangerous character. Um, but I, I will say this. Uh, Odette, there was a picture online I saw of Odette next to the comics uh, counterpart there. And I thought, how does this beautiful woman turn into this person? <laughs> you know, so uh, I don't know what route they're going to go. Obviously, we had the teaser at the end of season two um, that maybe links to Rain. We don't know, obviously. Um, but uh, I think that was I think that was the implication. Um, so we'll see where it goes. But I think I think it's a cool idea. And it's. And it's not one that necessarily I was thinking about when they when I was thinking about big bads for next season. So I think that's kind of cool in and of itself that, uh, you know, it kind of was like, oh, yeah, there's rain. I remember hearing about rain and, you know, I had to go do all this research. So it's uh, it's cool, I think. Yeah, she, uh, to my knowledge, and we'll definitely do a Supergirl Radio character spotlight on her uh, before the season kicks in uh, or kicks off. Uh, but she is uh, not in the comics much. She shows up in the New 52, and it's uh, pretty brief, but she's pretty pretty memorable, I think. I enjoyed her in uh, the little bit of the New 52 Supergirl I read. Uh, Morgan, what are your thoughts on uh, this casting news? Um, I, I don't know, actually, because <laughs> I've never seen uh, Odette in anything, and I have no uh, knowledge of the character. She, she seemed cool on the panel, uh, just judging by the actress. Um, and I, I thought there were like, she had some interesting just things to say about Rain as like a villain and like, kind of how she was going to contrast with some of the other villains that we've had on the show. Um, because she said, you know, that she has like Rain has a very specific agenda and all this stuff. Uh, that she's not like she's not really like out to like rule the world like mwahaha. Like <laughs> so, I think that'll be that'll be a uh, interesting because we have had a kind of some some fun like mustache twirling villains on Supergirl, <laughs> and uh, so it'll be interesting to see how she like contrasts with that. Yeah, and I was surprised to hear Rain described, uh, her role being described as heartbreaking. Uh, so it does seem like she will be a little bit more of, uh, 
I guess nuanced is the best word to describe, you know, balanced villain uh, that we might be getting. She, she'll be scary, but she'll also, you know, we might also feel for her in some some way. So I'm interested to see what story they tell with her, because uh, like, like Dave mentioned, I she I think she is the the, the little uh, vampire baby that they they put into the pod <laughs> at the end of season two. You know, just now when you were talking about that and I know um you guys have some history, Smallville fans. I started thinking about Davis Bloom and Doomsday, oh, yeah. and I was like, I was like, oh. I wonder if they could do that type of story, um, you know, with the where you know, as a as a uh, watcher, you're like, man, uh, you know, Davis Bloom seems like a nice guy, but then he had this dark side to him too, obviously with Doomsday. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Like you said, so it's uh, yeah. something to look forward to for sure. Now I kind of want Sam Witwer to be on this show. Oh my gosh! Like, yes. just, just get Sam Witwer on this show. I don't care. I don't care how. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had I had the opportunity to tell him. Uh, I guess it was at DragonCon um, that uh, he was fantastic on the show. So it was uh, he was extremely nice. He he was very good, and uh, I I think the interesting part of that comparison is that Davis. He didn't have a lot of control over what was happening to him. Right, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I wonder if Rain will, you know, she might have some of those kinds of things that maybe she, uh, maybe she's scary, but she doesn't mean to be. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how they play her. But uh, yeah, so that's an interesting comparison. Speaking of Smallville, uh, Erica Durance will take over the role of Kara's Kryptonian and biological mother, Allura, in season three. Uh, Laura. Benanti, who originated the role, recently gave birth to her first child on Valentine's Day. Aww. Mm-hmm. And she tweeted, I loved working on this show and will miss it so much. Right now, it's time for me to be super mom to my own little one in New York City. Oh, I'm going to miss Laura Benanti. She was great. Yeah, just like Laura Benanti to throw in like an Astra uh, reference there <laughs> in her tweet where she calls her a uh, little one. Uh, so, so that, that's a nice little reference there. Uh, Dave, do you have any thoughts on uh, this recast? Uh, you know, it's it's I hate when they have to do this on shows. But, uh, you know, Erica Durant's obviously, like I mentioned, a huge Smallville fan and uh, one of my favorite incarnations of Lois. Uh, and, you know, she's 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 shown some acting chops on that on Smallville. So I look forward to seeing what we got with her. I don't know how much we'll see of Allura this coming season. Um, uh, but you know, with def- obviously we'll be seeing some, um, but I am sad to, um, that they had to recast, but absolutely child changes everything as I know. And, uh, you know, it's a wonderful thing. So congratulations to her. Definitely. Definitely. Morgan, do you have any thoughts on this news? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, Erica Durant is not my favorite Lois Lane. Um, and I did love Laura Benanti, so I'm sad. I also find it always really like a little off-putting when they have to recast roles, and you're just like, "That's not you." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree with you on that. Why is everyone acting like that's her? She has a different <laughs> face. <laughs> well, now Rebecca, like you, you, you're a huge fan of soaps, right? So, like, you're you're used to recasting all the time, right? Yeah, I I did think about this because there is a difference in how they treat it with soap opera. Like in in soap operas, they they will basically make it like a non-issue. So like one actor who plays Adam Newman will his last episode will be on Friday, and then the new Adam Newman will uh, show up on Monday, and they won't they won't even like do a big like story about it. They'll just 
uh, Adam Newman is now being played by, that'll be the voiceover in the episode. And then you just roll with it, you know, like, wow. like, <laughs> like so, soap fans, just, they, they, we just, we just go with it. We don't, yeah. we don't care who's playing Adam Newman. We just want Adam Newman on the screen, even though Adam Newman recently died in a big uh, fiery explosion. I think for the second time. I think that was the I was second. Say, he'll be back. He'll be back. <laughs> Wait, is it the second time he's died, or the second time he's died in a fiery explosion? I, I, think, I just feel like I need think, a clarification. I, I think both. I think both. Uh, so, so yeah. Uh, so sometimes that happens, and sometimes it's it's good recasting, and sometimes it's not so great. I was very upset when they recast. Phyllis Newman a long time ago and uh, well she wasn't Newman at that time she became a Newman later on it's a big long story but sometimes <laughs> sometimes the recastings are good and sometimes they're bad so I think you have to kind of take it as it is uh, like Morgan I'm not a big fan of it like on soap operas I go with it but like on these primetime shows, it is a little harder to digest because especially with like Laura Benanti, we've been with her since the very first episode. We've seen her develop that relationship with Melissa Benoist and Kara, and they had a lot of really emotional moments between them. And then there was that whole Allura and Astra thing, and so she played that dual role. So we got a lot of good Laura Benanti stuff. And so it is it is disappointing that she is not going to be on the show anymore as that character. And like Morgan, Erica Durant was not my favorite Lois Lane either. I mean, if you made me list them out and rank them, honestly, she would be at the very bottom. Oh, just, man. Just personal preference. Just personal mm-hmm. preference. Um, Below Margot, huh? Yes. Below Margot Kidder? Wow. Yes. Okay. Even though Margot Kidder is like just barely above. That's a whole other discussion. I'm, sure, sure, I'm sure. I'm very yeah. particular about <laughs> Lois Lane. Well, she's not my favorite. She's she's right up there, though. I think my favorite's Terry Hatcher. But I mean, that's. But Amy, I mean, like I, I guess I always just say whatever the latest one, whatever the one I'm into currently is my favorite. Yeah. There's some days somebody could ask me, and I say, "Oh, Phyllis Coates from the Adventures of Superman." You know, like she was only in one season, but like sometimes she's my favorite. Like I don't know, it's crazy. You know, she was good. I want me some Phyllis Coates, but but. Here's the thing. For me, it's like, okay, I don't like recastings. She's she's not my favorite Lois. But I I feel like I am a new Rebecca Johnson. That maybe maybe <laughs> ten years ago Rebecca Johnson would be like, ugh. But now <laughs> I am more willing to be open-minded about uh, portrayals and kind of going with things. Like as long as she's telling, helping to tell the story, like and if and if she's believable in the part, I'll go with it. And I think it, you know, and we'll talk about the trailer a little bit later. But we did we did get our first look at Erica Durant as Alora, and she honestly she looked good. So uh, so I think if uh, you know she definitely looks the part. And uh, hopefully if they do have her in scenes with Kara at some point, uh, you know, hopefully they'll get to have that same kind of rapport and that same dynamic that uh, Melissa had developed with Laura Benanti. So uh, so we'll have to see what they do. I'm very curious about this now because of the whole rain situation and rain coming from Krypton. Like, I don't know if we're going to get more Krypton flashbacks. Like, I'm very curious as to when Allura will pop up. So I don't know how Allura is going to play into season three. So I guess for me, that's what I'm most curious about is to, to find out what she's going to be doing. Um, so, 
Uh, sad to see Laura Benanti go, but definitely understand her reasoning. And I personally hope Erica Durant does well in the part. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that they at least found somebody that fans can get excited about. And uh, I guess that cushions the blow a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's it's sad to see one of your favorites go, but at least, you know, they, they can get somebody uh, back who uh, can can make that a little a little easier, I guess. All right, well, that's all the stuff that we knew prior to San Diego Comic-Con, so let's get into the season three news that we got at San Diego Comic-Con this year. The decision I made He couldn't have made that sacrifice. But me, I couldn't have lived with myself if I hadn't. I will always make the decision I made. I am not a human. I tried to be, but I'm not. Cara Danvers was a mistake. thing up let's talk about Kara and what we learned about Kara so Kara we heard that she has tried to balance the journalist and Kara the hero but this season Melissa Benoist uh, suggested that quote the scales are leaning very heavily on Supergirl unquote and she went on to say quote I think that's how she's coping with the grief of sending her boyfriend to this giant chasm in space unquote <laughs> so she's definitely t- uh, talking about how it's been tough for Kara to deal with losing Monel. so uh, Dave, what do you think about uh, Kara and what she's going to be dealing with in season three? Well, from the sound uh, sounds of uh, Melissa Benoist and uh, from kind of what we saw in the trailer, it looks like she's not going to start in a very uh, happy place. Um, obviously, that would take its toll on the character um, losing her love like she did. Um, and, you know, we may see a more aggressive Kara. Uh, you know, it may be something that uh, she may, you know, she may like, you know, just uh, just be full on out there, you know, and and not uh, maybe a little more careless, maybe a little more uh, loner, a little more of a loner, and we may have to see the DEO, uh, you know, kind of tr- tr- kind of talk her back into coming coming back to the Supergirl we know, um, because you know, obviously, if in real life, if we lose a loved one through whatever, and and or somebody has to leave, we do it does affect how we treat everyday situations and imagine being Supergirl on top of that. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a change, I'm sure. So we'll see when it starts. I do think that there is that possibility that she might uh, really kind of dig into her grief and, and that could change how she operates at Supergirl. So it could be something uh, that she might have to rein in 
And that I totally did not mean that as a pun. Uh, but uh, Morgan, what do you think about uh, what Kara is going through in season three? Yeah, it sounds like she's going to go through like kind of a dark period. She looked, uh, I think in the in the trailer that they showed, she was saying stuff like, um, you know, I'm not a human. Kara Danvers was a mistake. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So I think she's going to I think it's going to be at least in the beginning of the season. I think it's going to be kind of a darker uh, kind of a darker car that we see, which I would be okay with for like a few like an episode or two. Mm -hmm. But I don't want this to become arrow like i don't <laughs> i don't want, i don't want car like swooping around like you filled this city <laughs> and, then, and then like crying in a corner or something and doing a salmon ladder i mean the salmon ladder would be okay i guess but <laughs> the rest of it sounds terrible so i mean i'm fine with them going in a little bit of a darker direction with their character but uh i, I want the i want her to find the light again it sounds like she will because i think they they were talking a lot about how the theme of the season was going to be like what it means to be human. And I think that, I think that she's going to sort of like, like lean into that Supergirl identity and kind of realize that that's not enough for her and that she is, you know, for all intents and purposes, because she's lived here so long, she is human. Like she does have a lot of human tendencies. Uh, So I think that that could be an exciting, that could be an interesting journey to watch her go through. Yeah. I think it makes sense for her character that, after what she went through and having to say goodbye to Monel, that this would she would have to go through like kind of a grieving letting go period. Uh, I get that. I just think it's it's weird. Like I, I was trying to dig up the information and the sources for this, but I feel I feel like every season they're like, this is the season that Kara's ha- going to have to find balance in her life. This is the season right. where Kara <laughs> is going to figure out how to be a human and a superhero, or a human and an alien. And I'm like, is that always going to be Kara's? Uh, storyline for the season I, I, I don't know and I also I will say I also thought when they said she's going to lean into being Supergirl this season I thought what was last season yeah. <laughs> like because she I mean I feel like it really tilted way more heavily towards Supergirl last season because she had all the stuff in the DEO she was training Monel she was doing this she was doing that and like occasionally she would show up for work like she would show up for work like once every two weeks and uh, <laughs> and, and, she, and Snapper would yell at her but not snap and like I think that was like that I mean I was, I was like if, if that was what they considered her being Kara a lot like what's going on this season I don't know how it will differ yeah I'm 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 interested to see because, I mean, the, there's part of me that always wants her to have the normal, uh, the job and everything like that. But, uh, you know, you you, you got to have that if you're going to have the duality of Kara and Supergirl, much like Clark and Superman. Yeah. Um, so if that's if that's the route they're going to go, then definitely show that to us. Show her in there working on news stories and and all that kind of stuff. But uh, by the sounds of it, it doesn't you know, that's not going to be what's uh, happening when the season starts. So. Hopefully she'll uh, come back around. Um, well, and speaking of Monel, he is supposed to return at some point. They weren't very uh, specific on that. They just said at some point. Uh, according to executive producer Robert Rovner, uh, how Monel uh, reappears is, quote, one of the central mysteries of season three, unquote. Uh, so, Dave, what do you think about uh, seeing Monel again in season three? 
he wasn't my favorite character in season two. Um, however, after consulting my wife after the finale, um, I decided maybe I was a little hard on him. Um, I didn't, I didn't uh, quite. Sometimes he would say I'm a superhero or something like that, and I'm like, "What have you done, man? You haven't <laughs> done anything, man." You know, like that kind of thing. And uh, but at the same time, you know, I know that um, I enjoyed the episode where uh, Lena was on the date and um, and Monel and and Cara show up and kind of crash the date and all that. All that stuff was really entertaining to me. Um, I like a lot of the lighter moments. So there was some kind of balance there he brought because there were times when Cara was so serious last season um, that sometimes it'd be like, gosh, man, Cara's not really likable in this scene, you know, at the moment. Um, but then, you know, the lightheartedness of either Alex or Monel or something like that or, or when, um, we, you know, would bring her around. And so I like having um, her have this life kind of separate um maybe from these other people that are in her inner circle um however i i would like to see some kind of a little bit more character growth on monel's end as well um when we do see him hopefully we find out where he is uh <laughs> that, that where would, are you monel uh that may be one of the uh, maybe part of the the mystery that he's a part of i saw some people speculating it might be the phantom zone so you know who knows it could be it could be a wormhole it could be the phantom zone we i guess we'll have to find out uh morgan do you have any thoughts uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like we kind of knew he was coming back. So, so I learned, I, I went through my stages of grief with that and, uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah, I'm interested to see where he was and like what, why, why it's like a central mystery. Like, where did he go? Like, what's he up to? I kind of hope that he like comes back and he's like, w- I I came back with these new mixology recipes that are gonna blow your mind. And he just starts like top gunning different like alcohols, oh, yes. like alien alcohols. That I would accept that as a as a good return for Monel. See, I was gonna go. I hope he brings some legionnaires back with him. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's what too, I guess. <laughs> but I also like the ta- the uh, the what is it? Um, the co- was it cocktail? The Tom Cruise movie? Yes. Or oh my yeah. Because I, I said I said Top Gun. He could also do that too. He could. I got all my Tom Cruise movies mixed up. <laughs> top Gun is also acceptable. Uh, but I think I think cocktail is the one where they're doing all those fancy tricks. Maybe he's gonna play volleyball on the beach. Maybe that's that's what that's, he'll come back. That's to. what you're thinking of. That's yeah, exactly. that's where the Legionnaires come in. They exactly. <laughs> he needs a team. They have a volleyball team. Uh, I'm, I'm a I'm a uh, risky business fan. So well, I've, well <laughs> there could be a little of that too. He goes through the whole Tom Cruise cabin. Right. <laughs> I like this. I think we should pitch this. Monel's oh, wow. story storyline in season three is just Tom Cruise stories. He's reciting the end speech of Few Good Men, and you know he's he's uh, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scaling the walls of the building, doing Ethan Hunt. So from from if possible. I can't wait for the Far and Away episode. <laughs> That's gonna be a good one. That's gonna be a really good one. Uh, so yeah, I, I like where we're heading with this guys. I really do. I appreciate it. 
so uh, and moving on to a another character that we're going to talk about, executive producer Jessica Queller teased that they ha- they quote have amazing things in store for James unquote. Uh, we heard that James is getting a new love interest that he will be continuing his role as guardian, but get quote back to his roots as a journalist and photographer unquote. Uh, and he'll be doing that at CatCo in a way that quote harkens back to Jimmy Olsen's character unquote. <laughs> uh, so Dave, what do you think about this news about what's uh, going to be happening for James in season three? Honestly, this was the, news i was most excited to hear about um because i did i did think that james uh the character you know it was kind of a disservice what happened in season two and i it happens when you have ensemble shows that characters kind of get lost in the shuffle sometimes um i wasn't a huge fan of the guardian storyline i felt like that was very uh, there was like a disconnect between when we'd see him as Guardian and then the next time we saw him as Guardian. And um, it was kind of hard to uh, establish any great love for that character or him as the Guardian. Um, I was a big fan of the City of Lost Children. Was that what it was? Yes, I think it is City of Lost Children. Yes, yes uh, I was a big fan of that episode because I liked that he was interacting with the boy. I liked that kind of stuff. I, You know, Macab Brooks, I think, is a really good actor. Um, and, uh, so I, I'm actually looking forward to this and I do like the fact that he's going to be more, um, you know, the journalist and the photographer. I, I think, uh, I want to see that side of Supergirl, you know, the, you know, we, we saw the police side with Maggie a little bit. We talked about the DEO we see all the time. I want to see some more about what goes on at CatCo and I want to see some, some journalism. And that's why I was a big fan of Snapper Carr, you know, um, last season as well. So looking forward to this. Well, you know, Kara, as a journalist, might need a photographer. So maybe they could team up and go investigate things together, which I think is something that we pitched on Supergirl Radio. But but I don't have the exact episode and uh, time code for that, so I can't source it exactly. But... Rebecca, I, if we see Monel start reenacting Tom Cruise movies, we'll know they listen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that will be the proof. It's undeniable proof. Nobody else will have talked about that. Um, so, awesome. so, Morgan, what do you think about this news about uh, what's going on for James in season three? It was so funny because I was when I was at the panel and they were talking about James, like getting back to his like journalist roots. I was like. Yes, it's like they've been listening to us. Uh, I think we we have kind of been confused about the Guardian direction. Like the whole uh, all of season two, we were kind of like, okay, this is cool, I guess. But why was it necessary? Like, where's his like where's his cameras? Apparently, he's got a ton of them. He doesn't <laughs> use them. So it'll be nice to see when they said that you know they have some amazing stories and uh, for James. I kind of, I kind of felt like that was saying, like, listen, we know, we know, uh, we're trying again this year, uh, and I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with him. I, I don't, I, I was never super fond of the Guardian direction that they took with his character, because I felt like, why couldn't he just be a cool photojournalist? Why did he need all this other stuff? Um, so I'm excited that he's going to get back to that, um, that core of his character, which is that he's, you know, a, a photojournalist. Um, so I'm excited to see that. And I'm excited that he's going to get a love interest. Uh, Makad was pretty funny on the panel saying he like, he wants to be sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that'll that'll be good for him to get some, you know, a new character involved in his life and and get to mix it up. I think we're always a fan of like mixing characters up together and, and seeing how they do. So it'll be interesting to see uh, who who he he uh, gets involved with. And I personally am very happy about this return to form for Jimmy Olsen or James Olsen, James the Grown Man Olsen. Uh, Got <laughs> to show some respect. Uh, but that was the thing that I was kind of frustrated with in season two is that it's so it's it's fine you can you can just let him be a photojournalist and let him do his camera thing that would actually be really cool he 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 could uh play around with different uh camera technology i mean there's all sorts of stuff now gopros and drones like have fun with that you don't always have to like do the guardian thing he could he could just be uh doing some cool stuff with his gadgets um because like morgan said he's got a ton of cameras that he just displays in his office when he's not sleeping under the desk (laughs) (laughs) which i mean i feel like i feel like the the questions at the panel they really they kind of left out the the hard-hitting questions (laughs) that we want to know like i should have gotten up there and been like i'm i have a question about um james's bed under the desk that's awesome (laughs) Is it a sleep mattress? <laughs> is it like one of those sleep number mattresses? <laughs> I like to think that he's like really tricked to that with like the most expensive bedroom equipment. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I I think there were some questions that did not get asked. Why hasn't Snapper snapped? Um, what's going on with Brian the alien in season three? Lots of questions went unanswered, uh, but maybe we'll we'll get some answers during the season. Uh, and speaking of season three and kind of seeing more from characters, uh, we got news that Callista Flockhart will also be reappearing in the season three premiere. We don't have any, uh, more news about how many episodes she might be in the season, but we definitely know that she'll be in the season three premiere. So, uh, Dave, do you have Yay. any, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, just that I like it. I mean, it's, it's, a. Uh... You know, I, I think she always she's such a big personality and, uh, you know, she has no problem telling everybody how it is. And that's always fun to have that kind of a character around. And, um, you know, it, it brings some levity to the otherwise not so much situations, you know. Um, so it's uh, it's always pleasant to have her around when she's able. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be curious, Morgan, if she uh, goes back to the yurt. Do you think that she's going to have some more yurt time or is she just going to be popping up just to say hi? I think I think it would be funny if they were like, where's Cat Grant? And it was like, oh, she's she's working from the yurt today. <laughs> <laughs> like, like how you work from home. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> it would be funny if like that. But she like she has like a like a password protected like lock on her door now so james can't get in (laughs) she's got the office just like padlocked that's the thing that i'm interested in because if james goes back to being a journalist and a like a like a photojournalist is he not running catco anymore is he not doing the ceo thing will cat have to come back and be like okay look you did not dedicate a whole lot of time here because you were doing your guardian thing and Kat knows that he's guardian. And maybe right. she like comes back and she's like, nope, I got I'm, I'm back from the yurt. I got to take over C- the, the CEO business. So I'm, I'm curious as to what, what Kat's going to be doing in the season three premiere and, and how that affects James, if it does at all. Uh, so that, that's kind of where my mind went with that. Uh, season three will also be interest introducing a, another new character, uh, Morgan edge, played by Adrian Pazdar. 
TV Line describes Morgan Edge as, quote, a, a ruthless real estate developer with big plans for a national city. Known for getting exactly what he wants, no matter the cost, nor the opposition, he'll almost immediately find himself at odds with Lena and Kara, unquote. So, Dave, what, what do you think about Morgan Edge coming to town? Um, he is a name that, uh, you know, in, as a child, the John Byrne Superman, um, you know, introduced him and he was a, he was definitely a bad dude in Metropolis. Um, and of course we saw him on Smallville as well. And I, and I think, I want to say he was on Lois and Clark too. So this is a character that's definitely in the Superman mythos and, uh, He's uh, he's pretty ruthless in the past incarnations and the scene and the trailer. Oh my gosh, when he's like, "Now you got my full attention," or yeah. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it was unbelievable. And Adrian Pastar is a, such a good actor. I was a big fan of his on uh, Heroes, so um, I'm looking forward to this. And I I like that we're getting this character because. Honestly, and I'm not trying to be funny, uh, but I don't know what happened to Maxwell Lord. You know, I'm still kind of, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still like, I'm still like, man, he's out there. He's got that Omega Hedron. I mean, like, <laughs> like what, where is this guy? You know, so, um, but I like the idea of having this, not a Lex stand in, but like this, this powerful, you know, there was there was always something with Lois and Clark on, on the Lex they had on there um, versus the Superman they had, and and I like that. Uh, you know, maybe Morgan will take that role too. I don't know what direction they're going to go with Lena, but I imagine at some point he's going to bump up against Kara and Supergirl and the DEO. Um, so we'll see that kind of a showdown, and and you know. People who are uh, very well off and ruthless don't always mix too well with the House of L. So um, we'll see what's in store. That is very true. Uh, Morgan, what do you think about another Morgan coming to the show? <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be a bad Morgan. It's going to be very confusing. <laughs> There's going to be good Morgan and bad Morgan. Uh, I mean... Is there a good Morgan? Maybe it's both bad Morgans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, mean, I I love Adrian Pastor. I've liked him on on like a lot of the roles I've seen him in, so I'm excited. I think he's a he would be a good ruthless real estate developer. So I'm I'm excited to see that. I don't I I vaguely remember Morgan Edge from like other like Smallville. I think he was on, mm -hmm. but yep. I don't remember much. And you would think I would remember more because. Uh, he's got my name, but I don't I don't really remember much about him. So it'll be exciting to see. Uh, it sounds like um, Lena is going to go up toe to toe with him um, pretty often. It'll be exciting to see that for her, because now that she's a, a full time cast member on the show, it'll be exciting to see her get some story that's not just like getting kombucha with uh with Kara and, <laughs> and then disappearing for five episodes so so I'm excited to see how that how that plays itself out yeah I think that's what I'm most excited about is getting to to have Lena with her own storyline and and her going up against somebody that she's gonna really have to deal with and uh, Katie McGrath said uh, quote, it's always good when you see two powerful characters butt heads, uh, but I feel like I'm going to win, unquote. So oh, wow. it, it, it'll be really fun to see w what Lena does with him. And I, I agree with uh, the two of you that Adrian Pazdar, he's a great actor. He's great in the trailer. I did uh, fall in love with him on Heroes. Um, he was very good on that show. So I'm very excited to see 
what he brings to Supergirl. The only thing, uh, the only things that I really know about Morgan Edge, and we will do a character spotlight on him as well. Uh, I think he's been associated with the Daily Planet or WGB, uh, uh, WGBS at some point. That's from that's going from memory. I didn't I didn't do any research beforehand. Uh, just going off the top of my head, I think he's been uh, involved in that kind of thing in the comics. And I think on Smallville, wasn't he involved in at some point? Didn't he have like Clark's blood? Yeah, there was. Um, it, I think it was the beginning of season three. Um, he was actually played by two different actors. Uh, the first actor I know is Rugger Hauer from you know, Blade Runner and all those types of films in the 80s. But uh, he played him for the first couple of episodes, and he was actually a childhood friend of Lionel Luther's in that show. Um, and he did get control of uh, Clark's blood, or, or as he knew him as Cal. <laughs> uh, because that season started with Clark, you know, wearing the kryptonite, uh, the red kryptonite ring and, and kind of being a bad guy living in Metropolis and, you know, robbing ATMs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely, um, he's definitely been on, on small, but now he was, it, it, what you're talking about there in the comics with, um, being involved in the TV production, all that absolutely is the truth. Um, he's also had ties to inner gang, which is oh, a Superman right. staple as well. So, yeah. so makes you want to go, Hmm. So yes. we'll see. Lots of, lots of potential for Morgan edge on Superman. Mm-hmm. And even more new character news, uh, Jane the Virgin star Yael Grobglas will slip into the role of DC villainous Psy, a formidable opponent capable of using her enemies' minds against them. When she first meets Kara, the Girl of Steel will be affected in, quote, surprising ways, unquote. Uh, so, Dave, what do you think about uh, Psy coming to town? Well, it certainly sounds like a formidable f- opponent for Kara. Um, it's... You know, it's one of those things where maybe she'll be living in her own worst nightmare. And, you know, like um, maybe we'll see some mind games, kind of like what we saw maybe with uh, Superman on the finale where he was looking at Kara, but he was seeing Zod. I mean, that could that could be a scenario that comes up where, you know, Alex looks like, you know, whoever and she's chasing, you know, it could turn into this dangerous situation for those around her, you know. Um, So I'll be interested to see how that plays into the show. Yeah, uh, Sai is definitely uh, someone you don't uh, mess around with. Uh, Morgan, uh, we've talked about Sai a little bit here on Supergirl Radio. Uh, what are your thoughts on this news? I'm excited. I, I loved her when she popped up in the Adventures of Supergirl. Um, and so I'm excited to see what the, the show's take on that character is going to be. Yeah, uh, she showed up in Adventures of Supergirl that we covered, and she also showed up in Rebirth. I, I think I think you were... Um, out for that I think episode. I was missing for yeah, that one. I gotta yeah. catch up. <laughs> yeah, so um, Carly and I got really excited about that uh, take on Psy because she turned into a dragon. It was awesome. What? Oh, that yeah. is cool. <laughs> oh, I really it, need to catch up now. It was it was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, so Psy can do a lot of really cool things, and I, I this is another one of those things where I was like, I think they're listening to Supergirl Radio uh, because I, I, me personally, I've, I've been wanting Psy ever since we talked about her on Adventures of Supergirl. Um, and I, I keep being like, hey, she needs to come on the show. Hey, I'd really like to see her on the show. She, she should really show up. Uh, so thank you, Supergirl uh, showrunners and writers uh, for including Psy in season three, because I think she's an awesome, she's an awesome villain, but I think she's also just a really cool character. She can do, she can do a really, a lot of really cool things. And I think it was Psy in, adventures of supergirl that like she was the reason for like the battle cat 
and um, some of the crazier things that happened in those sort of nightmare <laughs> dreamscape things. Oh my gosh! I want to see this dragon spot now. I want I want that to happen on the show. Yeah, where she shows up as the dragon. <laughs> I just yeah, think with the battle cat too. I think yeah. this this would be a great opportunity for the show to go full battle cat Kryptonian werewolf. Oh my gosh! Fantastic. I mean, if you're gonna have Psy, you need to do something crazy. It might mix up the show a little bit to have to have her do something uh, more sort of magical or a dr- dreamscapey kind of thing. Uh, it might it might turn into a kind of a, <laughs> a trippy episode. So I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, Carl Lumbly of Alias, uh, he will be playing. He he's coming onto the show in season three to play Marin Jones. Uh, the father of David Harewood's Martian Manhunter, known for being, quote, a pacifist religious leader, unquote, on his home planet of Mars. Marin will push his son in, quote, unexpected ways, unquote. And TV Line also made a note for us that Carl Lum- uh, Lumbly has also voiced Jean, the Martian Manhunter, in several Justice League animated uh, series episodes, so he's very well versed in all things Martian. Uh, so, Dave, what do you think about this news about getting to hang out with uh, Martian Manhunter's dad? I think it's really cool, and um, you know, it, it, I believe, um, given the reactions that Martian Manhunter has had, sometimes the things, you know, it makes you wonder what his parents were like and and what he had to deal with. Now, I'm wondering if he's going to be the stern dad that shows up and he's like, "Son, you're doing it all wrong," you know, that kind of thing, or if it's going to be this uh you know great relationship um but carl lumby by the way one of my favorite actors i i was a big fan of alias he played marcus dixon on there and uh he was tremendous on there also he did as they as you said he did the voice of martian manhunter and was incredible in that series as well so uh they got some good casting going on with uh, what we've named so far today so Good, good casting, good writing. It'll make good scenes, and um, I'm looking forward to it because more John on the sh- on the screen and more John backstory is always a good thing. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Morgan, uh, what what are your thoughts on getting to see uh, Space Dad's dad? Would that be a Space, space Dad? Has a Space Dad? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, do we do we call him Space Granddad? Like what 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 do we call? I him? guess so. Like I guess he's like Space Granddad, right? I mean, I mean, it's, we're going by family space Dad trees. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I uh, I also I also loved uh, Carl Lumbly on um, on Alias. I thought he was great, and uh, and I'm excited that we're gonna get more Martian Manhunter content. Like it, the more storylines for um, for Martian Manhunter, the better, in my opinion. Um, I'm excited. We're gonna learn more about his family. I feel like we started to sort of dive into you know what his his life was like on Mars and uh, and what that whole society was like last season, but. We like we've talked about many times last season was a little overstuffed, so we would get a little bit of that, and then it would sort of uh, trail off. So I'm I'm hoping that um, this storyline means more more consistent um, John Jones for us next season. Yeah, that seems to be a consistent thing going through all of this news is that they seem to have found stories for 
each character, uh, which is very exciting because that means we'll get to we'll spend time. Although we don't, I don't think you have any news about when so far in season three. Uh, but ho- hopefully, we'll get some story with him as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about this. I don't know much about uh, John Jones's uh, family uh, lineage, so I'm very. I'm kind of interested. I was very surprised by the pacifist religious leader that they described him as. So I'm very interested in uh, what he is uh, going to be doing. And it sounds like uh, the father-son dynamic is not an easy one. And there's some complications there in in their relationship. And um, David Harewood said that, you know, Jean has always thought he was the last Green Martian. And it's going to be extraordinary to discover that not only is he not the last Green Martian, but the other one is his dad. Uh, so this, I, I, I don't know, part of me feels like, well, it makes him less special if he's not the last one. But I, I think this will be good to see more of his family because Jean lost a lot of his family, you know, his wife and his kids. So at least, you know, if he if his dad comes back, that'll give him some family. So I, re- I really like that idea. And uh, for the last casting news that we have uh, since San Diego Comic-Con, Emma Tremblay, uh, a a star from Wayward Pines, will appear as Ruby, an independently-minded resident of National City whose obsession with Supergirl ends up putting her in grave danger. Uh, I don't, I don't like that word grave danger that, that seems to, uh, insist that she might, uh, die. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what this grave danger is. Uh, Dave, do you have have any thoughts on this? Uh, just that I wonder if she's going to stumble upon something she shouldn't and, uh, force Supergirl to have to save her over some other issue that's going on and, uh, you know, I don't know. There's, there's plenty of scenarios that can go with this type of character, um, I wonder if they're basing it on uh, a fanboy or, or or fangirl that they encountered somewhere uh, along the con route, um, but uh, I think it's kind of cool, and and we'll see. You know, Kara's gonna, you know, she feels the responsibility for these people um, of National City, so I think maybe having one represented here is going to be a cool thing uh, to explore. Morgan, do you have any thoughts on uh, Emma Tremblay's uh, casting? Yeah, I don't know her from anything. Um, I did not watch Wayward Pines, um, but uh, I'm interested to see. This seems like a this seems like a random bit of casting, so I'm kind of interested to see how that fits into the overall arc of the season. I wonder if maybe she will end up like maybe being like a, a catalyst for for Supergirl to kind of snap out of her funk, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think this is based on any character from the comics. This seems like she'll be playing a new character from everything that I know of. Um, but I, I think this is this could be really interesting in terms of like Ruby being a National City resident. It would be cool to get a perspective from someone who is outside of Kara's um, group of friends or family. And I, I would love to see one of the things that I've been wanting uh, from Supergirl is getting her getting to see her interact with people outside of her circle and out and just meeting the people of national city so this this could be a way to do that and there is a very loud motorcycle <laughs> i don't know if y'all can hear that um <laughs> guardian is uh driving he's patrolling my neighborhood making sure everything's okay uh, yay yeah thank you guardian <laughs> i know we rag on you a lot here on super radio but we we uh we thank you for your service uh, so yeah, so I'm excited to see what Ruby brings to a story and, and maybe how that, um, 
how she might interact with uh, Supergirl or Kara. Um, well, I think that's going to do it for our look back at SDCC 2017. That's kind of all of our news that we uh, took away from it. Uh, but before we wrap up, we have an email from Stephen who writes, quote, I am writing to you to say uh, how much I loved watching all of the video interviews of the Supergirl cast at Comic-Con over the weekend. I am extremely excited for the new season and all of the new cast members who have joined the series. I will, however, say I am also very worried as well. There has been a huge amount of anger and hate aimed at Melissa and Jeremy in the MTV interview saying they were rude, hurtful, and homophobic. I've watched the video a number of times, and I really cannot see how it was any of those things. They say during their song that the ship Supercorp wasn't happening, and that seemed to have angered so many people. Are people angry because they because what they wanted was not going to happen. Uh, so that that's uh, Steve's concern um, from the uh, San Diego Comic-Con weekend. There was a little bit of a... a oh, boy. <laughs> a, I, I guess it, it's safe to say a there was... A little bit of a kerfuffle. I, I think kerfuffle is, is the appropriate word here. Um, I just like saying it. <laughs> it's a good one. You don't get to say it very often, word. but I, I think it is uh, the best to describe the situation. Um, Morgan, do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah, I guess I do have some thoughts. So I was joking with everybody before we started po- the recording the podcast that I had gotten back from, from New York Comic Con and I was like or in San a Diego. Sa- San Diego Comic Con, in fact, even. <laughs> uh, and I was in like a little like bubble of like geeky joy and I spent so much time with my my friends and I was so happy and I was like let's see what's happening on Twitter and it was just like I opened it up and it was just like a screaming void I was like oh god <laughs> like threw it across the room uh, uh, I think I think Rebecca and Carly both like independently were like we weren't gonna tell you uh, for a couple more days <laughs> um I I understand why people are upset um, and hurt by that interview. I think I don't think it was purposefully. Um, I don't think they they did it purposely to be hurtful. I just don't think that they sort of understood the context of uh, people who ship that pairing and people who look are looking for LGBT representation in their media and often have to turn to like pairings that aren't established in the canon, like that are pairings that sort of are just fan pairings. I don't think that they sort of understood that sort of historical perspective on, uh, on why people would be upset with that. And so when they did that and they did it kind of cavalierly, I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I was also saying a little earlier before we started recording, I don't think that their apologies um, helped their cases uh, at least I, I don't know if Melissa has said anything about the uh, about the situation but I do know I read both of uh, both of Jeremy Jordan's apologies there were two um, and they both started out like hey kids and I'm like mm, if you're making an apology maybe like starting it out low-key condescending is not the way to go yeah. uh, um, I don't I, I still feel like they maybe don't super understand like why people are upset and I also kind of <laughs> I, as usual I kind of feel like if you as like an actor don't really understand like your show's fandom, maybe don't say anything. Like that's also an option. Like don't don't try to make a joke about something if you don't like super like a hundred percent understand it. Like we were um, 
we were talking a little bit earlier about Smallville and I like, you know, Smallville was a was a show that happened, but uh, <laughs> they were asked <laughs> they were asked a lot about uh, back in the day about, you know, the sort of the Clark and Lex relationship. And I can't remember like specifics, but I do feel like there are a couple of times when they were like, you know, that's a it's a really foundational relationship for the show and you can read into it whatever you want. And uh, I just think that like it's never a good idea to tell fans like what they should or should shouldn't be seeing in a show what they should or shouldn't take away from a show especially fans in marginalized communities that you know this could be very important for them for a variety of reasons so you sort of never want to step on that like they didn't mean it maliciously but they should have i don't know it they it, it wasn't malicious but it was it it did not go over well yeah i i guess for me i i i didn't know about this until like Monday mid midday or something like it was something that wasn't even on my radar until um, I, I saw Carly tweeting about it. And so I had to get her to send me the link. And uh, when I watched it, to be honest, and I, I, I thank you for sharing that bit about the context that that does, you know, kind of broaden the, the perspective on the whole thing. Um, so I don't want to downplay anybody's feelings when I say this. Um, but I, when I watched it, I was like, well, they're just making up dumb lyrics to a stupid song. Like, you know, it's it, it's one of those things that they, you know, I felt like they were just, you know, I mean, they were improvising. So, and I'm no, I'm no good improviser, so I would probably make up worse lyrics <laughs> to a song. Like, I'm no Wayne Brady either. Um, he, Wayne Brady. Uh, who among us is? Who really? among <laughs> us is a Wayne Brady who can just think about awesome lyrics and make up awesome songs in like 0.5 seconds? I don't know anybody else who can do that. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think they, like you said, I don't think it was meant to be malicious. They were just goofing around. It looked like they were just trying to make each other laugh. And a lo- I mean, a lot of the lyrics were so silly and they were so dumb and they were meant to be like that. They were just goofing around trying to think of something to say. And that, I think that's what happens sometimes when you improvise, like you're just trying to get to that next thing. Like you're not really think like thinking it out in terms of historical context and, you know, what, what other people are going to think you're, you know, you just, you just say whatever kind of comes to your mind, um, uh, and I, I've seen a lot of Im- Im- improv. Like, there's some great improv uh, in my neck of the woods. And sometimes they say some really funny things, and sometimes they say some really stupid things, and it's not funny. Uh, so it, it's kind of a hit or miss. So I I don't particularly think that the interview was, you know, something to ta- take seriously. They were just making up a, a, a song about how to recap season two, and uh, they just... They were just having fun with it. So that's kind of what I took away from it. But, you know, I understand if people were hurt or upset by it. I I, I hope that they sort of learned from the backlash. Like, I think that there's you have to give people the leeway to make mistakes and, and like mess up and then go, oh, man, I really like I goofed on that one. And uh, and I think, you know, as long as they don't goof the exact same way like like we hope that they we would hope that they learned an important lesson about i don't know like engagement with the lgbt community and with fan communities and and you know it's it's a it was a sort of it was a big lesson yeah and i i think you know for me it's like okay there's that little kerfluffle but uh season three is still coming you know and and there's probably gonna be a lot of good Kara and lena stuff so i think there's gonna be a lot to look forward to uh, so I wouldn't, I, 
I, I personally am not letting any, anything that anybody says in an interview cloud my judgment. You know, I'm just, I try not to even like pay attention to those kind of things. I just, I, I just like to talk about story and character and episodes and camera shots and things like that. So, um, <laughs> so that's kind of our, what, what we're good at on Supergirl radio. I don't know if we want to uh, get too much into the, you know, fandom talk and, and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, we just like to hang out and talk about the show. So uh, I, I think uh, the good thing is that there's a lot of good stuff that's coming our way in season three. So uh, I, I, would, I wouldn't worry, Stephen. I, I think uh, we've got some good stuff coming. Yeah, and I'm sure that they're, like, if he's if he's interested in, like, learning more about the different perspectives on how some people have viewed it, I'm sure if you if you search on this great interwebs of ours, there are some smarter, much smarter writers than us uh, that are, have been talking about it um, and, like, the context for it. And, uh, and and like Rebecca said, I'm really excited for the Cara, Cara and Lena stuff that we're, I'm sure we'll be getting in season three. So let's, I'm going to focus on that. Like, yeah. surrender now serenity now <laughs> yeah focus focus on the positive serenity now and sanity later <laughs> speaking of we have some snap judgment questions well we just have uh, we just have the one we just have a snap judgment question <laughs> just the one but it's the best one uh, i don't i don't actually know that because i haven't read it yet which is good because then you'll get a, f- a fully formed snap exactly judgment. I'm going. I'm going in cold. Um, <laughs> a listener named Nathan sent us the following snap judgment. Um, now that we have confirmation that Gotham City and Batman exist in the Supergirl universe, would you rather have Batgirl or Batwoman? Rebecca, uh, Batgirl. Dave, uh, Batwoman. Ooh, I'm gonna go Batgirl too, because because of all the Supergirl Batgirl stuff. Yeah, that's that's a good that's that was, a good that's a good one. That's that was a hard a good, one. That was a that was a hard one. Yeah. I was like, I I will go all of them, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could you could go uh, either way with that. You could be like, well, uh, we have Maggie Sawyer and and Batwoman. We could have that dynamic. You could have the Supergirl Batgirl dy- dynamic. Yeah, that's a tough one. I will take all the Bat people, please. <laughs> yes, all the Bat friends. Well, I I think I'm kind of excited about the Joss Whedon film Batgirl coming up, and and then I just thought. It'd be kind of cool to see Batwoman, who's uh, maybe maybe been doing this a little longer than Kara, and maybe come be a mentor to Kara. I don't know. Oh yeah, but, that would uh, that would be very cool. Yeah, I mean, kind of hey, kind of play that uh, that uh, grizzled old veteran uh, <laughs> type type Bat person, like maybe the Affleck played in uh, BVS. You know, that person who's been in the trenches doing it for a while, and then comes to National City for some reason. I don't know. Also, if we had Batwoman, that could that could explain why Maggie Sawyer's leaving. That was that's true. <laughs> we're, we're, we're connecting dots here. We're coming for your girl. <laughs> <laughs> we're connecting all the dots. Uh, so maybe we can have some of those scenarios happen, just like with the uh, Monel Tom Cruise uh, season long arc. Uh, so we're just we're just throwing stuff out, seeing what sticks. Uh, but thank you, Nathan, for that snap judgment. Well, I think that's going to do it for our feedback section and for our recap of Supergirl and all the San Diego Comic-Con news. Uh, Thank you, Dave, so much for coming on Supergirl Radio and helping us get through all of that. It was a lot of news, uh, but thank you for uh, coming on and sharing your thoughts. Uh, Where can our listeners find you on the Internet? Uh, You can find me on the Twitter at TheDaveMJones. 
Uh, also, I got a podcast, DC on DC. It's part of the Goliverse, which is the Geek Out Loud universe of, of podcasts. Uh, there's a lot of different types of podcasts in there, and ours, uh, Chad Reed and I, focus on the DC film side of things, DC television, kind of all things DC. Uh, we're actually about to start a uh, rewatch, going back to start with the Tim Burton Batman. Uh, so do check us out, DC on DC, and Rebecca's even been on there a couple of times. I so. have, I have. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a great podcast. If you love DC, DC comics, DC films, DC TV shows, uh, DC on DC is a great show, and uh, they have a lot of fun over there. Good guys, good guys. Well, if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. We have a playlist on Spotify. Got a lot of awesome jams over there, uh, Supergirl-related songs. You can check out our big, huge, long Spotify playlist. Definitely recommend it. Uh, We are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. And we are also available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And we're a part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, DC Films, Classic DC TV Shows, and the upcoming Black Lightning, Krypton, and Teen Titans shows. Subscribe to the DC TV Podcast Mega Feed and follow at DC TV Podcast on Twitter and like DC TV Podcast on Facebook. It's it's like you you, you Andy in person this time threatened me <laughs> that he's going to add more shows to the network and I was like don't you dare <laughs> I mean it's like you never had to practice that was that was perfect Morgan I know I'm so I know I came back I, came, I went I went on vacation I came back fresh <laughs> <laughs> well um, I I just want to say a really quick thing about the Legends of Tomorrow podcast um, specifically about San Diego Comic Con since this is the episode we're discussing. Um, Y'all's Twitter feed was cracking me up uh, for a good portion of it. And I really appreciated it with your bridesmaids photo shoot picture. Uh, oh, my God. Yes, we we had so much fun with that. That was all Amy's idea. She was like, we need to take a, a legendary ladies photo. And I was like, OK. And she was like, do you know that those cheesy black bridesmaid photos where everyone is laughing at nothing? And I was like. I'm listening. <laughs> so we so we did one of those. It turned they turned out it's funny. We took them and we we're like, oh, those are really cute actually. <laughs> it was so great. And uh, also uh, apparently y'all like did a like a press room and everybody was at the table and so uh oh, y'all, y'all so really fun. represented. It was me, um, Lauren, who was on our first season of the Legends podcast, and and Amy. So we were we were like, we have to take a picture. So we have like somebody else at the table taking our picture. <laughs> where we're looking, we're looking like deep in thought, like we're listening to somebody. And I feel like a second later, like one of the cast members sat down, like and looked at us, like, "What's happening?" <laughs> y'all, y'all really did it up at uh, San Diego Comic Con. So I really appreciate it. We lived our best lives there. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it did look like that. Uh, so everybody should check that podcast out. 
Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Derby Kid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kid. Uh, that's T-H-E-D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I've been uh, I've been putting out some fairly good stuff. I, I feel like I've I've had some good run of pictures there. If you if you want to go check out uh, my shots, uh, you can also watch videos of mine over at YouTube.com forward slash Duck Milk Prod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I. D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. Um, I'm definitely going to post something sometime. I've got a lot of projects on the back burner. Got to get to, got to get, uh, got to get myself, uh, cranking some videos out. Uh, but in terms of podcasting, uh, I got to give some shout outs to, uh, DCEU Minute. Uh, they had me, uh, come on to talk about, uh, Man of Steel with them, which was awesome. You can find me on minutes 116 through 120. Uh, so that was a lot of, a lot of fun. I've seen that movie a lot a ton of times and if you break it down minute by minute you notice some things that you hadn't seen before so it was a very good exercise uh i was also recently on trentus magnus punches reality uh we talked about i was i was uh guest. that's a great title <laughs> it's a great title and the uh specifically uh he does a little series called uh trentus magnus jabs reality which is a totally totally different uh move there uh, between a jab and a punch. Uh, so I appeared with uh, John M. Wilson, uh, one of our favorite Supergirl radio guests, uh, who has come on to teach us some things. Uh, we talked about Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice for six hours. So, wow. Yes. Whoa. It's an epic podcasting session all about Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Uh, so if you love that movie like I do, uh, he's got some great things coming out. Probably do it in a couple of parts. Uh, but really great discussion uh, with those two guys. So uh, I, I look forward to uh, getting to hear all of those things uh, again because it was very good. So I definitely recommend it. Uh, so definitely check out DCEU Minute and Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. I'm also on the Instagrams uh, with the same handle. I was posting uh, some photos from Comic Con um, that people might want to check out, including that uh, that bridesmaid photo we were talking so about earlier. So funny. Uh, <laughs> I have, uh, yeah, I've got some stuff coming up. Um, so I know that the legendary ladies and I will be getting together probably next week to podcast about Comic Con and like some of the stuff that we learned there. Um, for, about Legends of Tomorrow season, I want to go three? <laughs> yeah, that seems <laughs> this right. Is, this is how well I know the show I podcast about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we've also been sort of spitballing some kind of weird ideas for Legends of Tomorrow during this like summer hiatus. I don't, I don't want to spoil too much because I don't know if we're actually going to do them. But uh, but they could be fantastic. So you're going to want to <laughs> check that out. Whether or not you, funnily enough, our tagline, listen to the show, uh, watch the show or don't just listen to the podcast might apply to one of these ideas. Uh, so I'm just going to leave that as a teaser for you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Um, you can also check out some of my uh, my Comic-Con coverage is going to be coming out um pretty soon on Buddy TV. Uh, coming up first should be some stuff about this season of Winona Earp, uh, which I got to do some press stuff for, which is very cool. Uh, also some Teen Wolf stuff coming up soon. Legends of Tomorrow stuff probably coming up next month. So uh, I also did some like Riverdale stuff as well. So check out, uh, keep an eye out on Buddy TV for, for that stuff as it trickles out a little bit. As I'm, I get less exhausted and uh, adjust to the time difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that sounds amazing. And I uh, 
you you really did. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna need some time because uh, that, that sounds like a lot, a lot of, stuff. of stuff. A lot of stuff. Well, uh, and speaking of which, uh, we hope that everyone has recovered from San Diego Comic Con, and we are definitely looking forward to season three. 